Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the Standing Room Only Podcast, episode number 62. I'm Goose. As always, I am here with Healy. If you are watching us on YouTube, this is the first time in well over a year that myself and Healy are actually together at last again. As always, make sure you're following us on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. Hit that download button. That is the only way we can really see those analytics for the views. Uh, our social media account as well. We are on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, SR Only Pod. You can follow our personal accounts. I'm iGoose with four O's. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Twitch as well. And we have Healy. You can follow me at the Healy Six on Twitter and Instagram. We're going to start off with the baseball news. Big baseball news Huge. this week. No one got elected to the Hall of Fame, which first time since 2013, and it's kind of disappointing. Kurt Schilling, he was like 16 votes away from Mm -hmm. making it into the Hall of Fame, didn't get there. Barry Bonds and Clemens are both second and third with similar votes. One Bonds just had one more than Clemens. All three of these guys, year number nine on the ballot. They have one year left. So next year, they either have to make it in or they have to rely on the Veterans Committee to get them in at some point. Scott Rowland made a pretty big jump up to 52%. Vizquel to 50 Wagner to 46 Helton to 44 Sheffield's around the 40 mark. Andrew Jones made a pretty big jump this year, fourth year on the ballot. Jeff Kent, Ramirez, staying similar, same with Sammy Sosa. Mark Burley's remaining on the ballot. Torrey Hunter, underrated guy, he's remaining on the ballot, same with Abreu. Ramos Ramirez, Latroy Hawkins, uh, Barry Zito, A.J. Burnett, Michael Kadire, Dan Heron, Nick Swisher, and Shane Victorino all fall off the ballot. And... It, it's just really disappointing. A lot of I named so many Hall of Fame worthy players, and they just didn't get in this year. Not one player got voted in. And next year's class, pretty big. You have A Rod on it. Will he get in? Probably not next year, but still, big name. Mm-hmm. You got David Ortiz getting in, uh, or he's going to be on the ballot. You got Mark Teixeira. And there's some other notable names on the ballot. So next year's ballot's going to be just stacked, loaded. What did you think about no one getting in? I was surprised. I was surprised. It doesn't happen often. It's been since 2013, as you mentioned, so eight years. I've always been sold on Barry Bonds being a Hall of Famer as as long as I've been a fan of the game. As long as I've been a fan of the game, yes, did he get caught with steroids? Did that change the first however many years that he dominated the league when he was a 30-for-30 man stealing 30 bags a year? Uh it, it's tough. Uh, Kurt Schilling, obviously, political views kind of swayed the voters one way. It uh, doesn't take away from his game, what he did on the field. On the field, he was very dominant, uh, won a, a World Series, it, playing hurt. He had the bloody sock. I mean, there's the bloody sock game. Uh, Roger Clemens, a little bit different. He was another one, I believe, he got caught with, you know, later on, mm-hmm. you know, tested positive for steroids and all that. So I know that does have an effect. It's weird compared to every other sport. It seems like there's always a class no matter what. Yeah. No matter what. Baseball, which is full of legendary players. I mean, you even just mentioned Torrey Hunter, who to me was an excellent player for so many years defensively, but that one overlooked. Um, 
And other names that you mentioned, like Todd Helton. Andrew Jones. Uh, Andrew Jones. I, I was a Braves fan growing up. Andrew Jones, to me, was great on both sides of the, of, of you know, defensively would snatch everything. He would dive in the warning track. I remember it vividly. Like, he was in- incredible. Uh, offensively, he was nuts, too. He didn't make it. Uh, Todd Helton was gr- a great, great, was he first baseman, if I'm not mistaken? Mm-hmm. Eventually, Played maybe. in Colorado. Colorado, yeah. Ago. And he was great, too. And so it's kind of weird. It's like, so... So what my understanding is, so they don't vote. So are they just not, can you just not vote for somebody? Is that how that works? There were 14 blank ballots this year. You get 10 votes. You get a maximum of 10. A bunch of people voted for one or two guys, not even like the big names. And there's 14 blank ballots, including someone who got their uh, ballot for the first time this year. I don't get why. I don't think that should be allowed. Maybe it's, one. Maybe you should have to say, like, a limit, pick one. You must pick one. Because I guarantee we would be seeing maybe Barry Bonds or Schilling or any, maybe not maybe not one of these high-profile names. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody else makes it. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah, this, the process needs to change. It's a terrible process. It's the baseball writers. Why are we having writers yeah only writers vote people in why not have the people that actually played the game vote people in the writers also make this about themselves Mm -hmm. latroy hawkins got two votes not even close to being a hall of fame player bob nightingale wrote an article on why he voted for latroy hawkins these writers use this ballot to just boost whatever they're doing Mm -hmm. Two people voted for him. Bob Nightingale willingly used one of his votes to vote for him and make a story out of it. That's all it was. I I heard this other writer used, uh, he made his ballot and then he like went to like a, a psych person or he went to go see someone of like what or who he should vote for or something to do with his ballot and just made it all about himself. The writers have all this agenda you're voting in the greatest players of all time. Yeah. Not human beings. Players. Literally, yeah. They during their their heyday, what did they do? Were they worthy to make it into the Hall of Fame? Not what they've said over the past four years. Yeah. Yeah. Like Kurt Schilling, he's a great example. He should have been in the Hall of Fame, but he's just not because of what he's doing outside the baseball field right now. Yeah. It's it's completely garbage. And like Barry Bonds, he might have been in, but he was a dick his whole career. Mm-hmm. Jeff Kent, one of Jeff the best. Jeff Kent, I was thinking about too. One of the best second basemen of all time, but he was a douchebag throughout his playing career. So the writers just don't like him, and they don't use their votes. I there's so many worthy players on the ballot, and I don't see how guys vote for two or three people and are just like, yeah. That's it. That's it. You should yeah. want guys to get in the Hall of Fame. Not try to I get that it's an exclusive club, the Baseball Hall of Fame, one of the hardest ones to get into. But when you have worthy guys, vote them in. It's also weird. These guys I hate the process with this. You get ten years on the ballot. It used to be fifteen. Mm-hmm. And then they changed it like halfway or like a few years ago. And fifteen years on the ballot down to ten. Either you get in first year, you get in the second year, or these guys just wait, make you wait until your 10th year to get in. Why, why not vote them in when they're worthy? Why make them wait? I hate like 
they just can't get them off the ballot. They they're just like, yeah, you know what? We'll just keep them here. Because then, like, if it's, like, a slow year and we have a guy in their 10th year, then, okay, now now I feel like my vote will change and he's worthy. But then in. but then there's guys who don't vote. That's I don't get that. That's like, that's like, <laughs> it's like being an American and you have the ability to vote, right? And then it's mm-hmm. like, well, we're, I'm not going to exercise that. And obviously that's a whole different subject. That's not really the same. It's not comparable necessarily. In a way it is. The NFL voted in whatever it was Terrell Owens one of the most dramatic I would I mean I I was a huge fan of him 90% of the football fan world would probably say he was a douche mm-hmm. and I mean he was a cancer in the locker room well his numbers don't lie he dominated the game of football when he played and he played he probably could have played longer I feel like the media drowned him out he was still in shape. That dude is probably pushing 50 or maybe 47 and is still in amazing shape. This is a guy who took care of himself. Yeah, did he have some mental problems like towards the end? There were some stories on him. Yes, but that's that's his off the field. His on the field was incredible. He always performed. And that, that, it, that that's what it reminds me of. But they were able to get him in. And then baseball, you have these writers. These aren't even guys who are in the Hall of Fame themselves. These are writers, professional writers, air quotes, who are like, well, you know what, these guys, let's give them one more year. I wouldn't be surprised to see one of these guys, Barry Bonds, Clemens, or I wouldn't be surprised. I don't I don't know if they're going to make it at this point, but I wouldn't be surprised to see one of these guys go. And it's like, well, what were you doing last year when nobody voted? Like, why didn't you vote? And I think that that has to be at least investigated. Or they should look into a whole nother system, implement, or mm-hmm. not necessarily change, well, make, make tweaks, minor tweaks, and say, hey, you have to vote. You have to vote. There is somebody there. Unless we go through the list and we literally see or have the Hall of Fame committee, some have like a committee in the Hall of Fame say, nope, nope, there's definitely some guys. We're going to overrule your, yeah. your no ballot vote. Like somebody who matters. Like these writers, sure. Do they matter? Yes. Or do they write? Is this their whole life? Sure. I guess. That's fine. But like the guys that matter are the guys in the Hall of Fame already. At least have a committee there. I don't know. I think that's that's how it should go, but unfortunately, we're not going to yeah. see anybody this year. And another problem with the the voting process is you can make your ballot anonymous. There are so many guys that make their ballot anonymous. Every ballot should probably be public mm-hmm. with who made it, and you should honestly have people write up why they made their ballot this way, why they went with... Uh, only one guy. Why they went with five different guys? The guy who did come out and have a public ballot with zero people on it, he did come out and was like, "There's no one here that has integrity and like all the values of that." So like, I didn't vote anyone. Which okay, but at the same time, there's people voted in. Also, the baseball people are kind of weird as well. We have like Dennis Eckersley in the hall, Mariano Rivera, first unanimous player in the mm-hmm. Hall of Fame, Dennis Eckersley, Raleigh Fingers, all those guys. And all of a sudden in today's voting process, Billy Wagner, probably the best left-handed reliever of all time, yeah. is just not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. He's struggling on the ballot right now. And it makes you wonder too like 
I mean, I get it. Like those guys, like Rolly Fingers and and Dennis Eckersley. I don't want to even say they're not even technically pioneers. They're not pioneers because they played in what the seventies. Fingers, maybe when did he play? Was he before him? Might have been around maybe there. around there. 80s. But like, what changed? What changed? Is it is it that the fact that the game is better now? Maybe it's all these advanced analytics when looking at like, does he have enough war? Does he have enough saves, innings pitched? But it's like a relief pitcher. Mm-hmm. You are only going to get like a thousand innings in your career. Yeah, you're only going to get so much war because you're only used so often. Yeah, and it's like the NFL. They vote in kickers. They'll vote in punters. No problem. They still have to do their position. I mean, every position Devin Hester matters. is probably going to get in the hall for being oh, a yeah. returner. Oh yeah. Why? Because he was a big part of football history. Oh yeah. One of the best players. To one return the, the the football, one of the best ha- one of the best plays you'll ever see in a Super Bowl game <laughs> to start the game with a kick return. Yeah, I mean, but that's 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 the thing though. It's like what what is the deciding factor? And you mentioned the guy came out and he said integrity. It's like okay, so what you think is integrity, I may not think that. And I guarantee, if you put all these writers in the room, they might disagree. They might say, yeah, okay, I agree with you on integrity, or I I disagree on your, your definition of integrity, or maybe integrity shouldn't even be in the mix. Like, let's get a clear defining who deserves to be in it. And, I mean, again, it, it all comes down to allowing these writers, and I didn't even know that it was anonymous, mm-hmm. uh, that it could be anonymous voting. So that also changes the game a little bit too because I guarantee if you're forced to come out with it, you might reconsider because then mm-hmm. you're going to think twice like, okay, I know for a fact this guy should be in. But I don't like him personally for this, or I'm gonna vote this guy in for my story. It's like mm, think twice about that. Yeah. So that's 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 some that I didn't know that. So that's that's interesting. And then like my last gripe with the Hall of Fame voting right now, big talk about the steroid era, and it's just a whole debate. Why are we ignoring the steroid era? Why is Bud Selig in the Hall of Fame when he? Turned turned a blind eye yeah. to the steroids, and all of a sudden, it grew the ratings, brought baseball back. Everyone loved it back then. Yeah, and all of a sudden, it becomes a rule, and we are like, "Oh my, steroids are bad now." And then that whole era is tarnished. Why the same people that are like he cheated, he shouldn't be in, were the same people rooting for them back then because yeah. it didn't matter. Yep. They didn't test for these drugs. They didn't suspend people for them. And all of a sudden, afterwards, they get punished for doing something that like wasn't really enforced. Well, it's kind of funny too because it, it it's almost like they're contradicting the whole, well, I'm going to suspend you, right? If you get caught, you get suspended. You did your punishment, but I'm also going to punish you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. After you come back and make me more money, like that's how it is. Like, like Robinson Cano obviously kept getting in trouble. It was inevitable that he was going to mm-hmm. get, you know, not canned but suspended for a whole season, which we're going to see. But it's like, oh yeah, we're going to welcome you back. You're only getting suspended for this long because we have to slap you on the wrist because it looks bad. But then you're going to come back. You're going to you're going to make money and you're going to continue to make us money. But then don't do it again. And it's like okay. But but also after you retire now, everything you did that was good, it was good, but it it, it doesn't matter because you made a boo-boo. You mm-hmm. made one boo-boo. You might have made two boo-boos, but it doesn't matter. Like people are overlooking the fact that Barry Bonds was is the home run king. Mm-hmm. Is the home run king. He never got suspended. 
and he never got suspended. Everything was after. Everything yeah. came kind of after. But you're talking a whole era of players, a whole era. And think about the guys who didn't get caught. You got to think there's guys who didn't get caught. I mean, I think Jeff Bagwell admitted that he did. He's in there. Mike Piazza was another suspected guy. Mm-hmm. Also, you got like Mickey Mantle, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron. What did they use? They used greenies, amphetamines, mm-hmm. which is pretty much illegal today. Why don't they get as much slack? Because it's not steroids. The narrative isn't there. Yeah. Well, that's what it is. It's a narrative. It's the performance-enhancing drug. But, like, Barry Bonds was dominating. I mean, when he was with Pittsburgh, he was excellent. He goes to San Francisco, he was excellent. The time frame that apparently he was using these steroids, the performing-enhancing drugs, he was probably already a Hall of Fame player on his way. So it's like, all right. So you you literally are taking a chunk of guys from an era, and you're like, thanks for the money, thanks for the revenue. You guys did great, by the way. You guys did great. You were voted in as all-stars every year. Your numbers still stand. You might have an asterisk next to your name, but your numbers technically still stand, uh, but you're not going to the Hall of Fame. It, it just doesn't make sense. It's, it's very contradictive. It's like, yeah, we're going to slap you on the wrist, but you're going to come back and play. But then the writers are like a whole different spectrum of this mm-hmm. like get people who are involved who played in the league who are in the hall of fame to vote on this because i guarantee you most of these guys we would see in the hall of fame and they wouldn't wait 10 years they would not wait 10 years there's no way yeah they would give the whole process it would get voted like we could honestly just keep talking for hours yeah. and hours on end but a lot of points i put out there if you guys have any disagreements you can Talk to us at Star Only Pod on Twitter, yeah. on Instagram. But I, I hope if you guys did have different viewpoints before this, and we're talking about it now, just so you could think about it a little bit, it'd be cool. It'd be cool to have a little bit of a discussion. But yeah, it's a whole era of baseball, one of the best eras, most fun eras fun. of baseball to watch, and all of a sudden it's just tarnished it's- forever. Mark McGuire, is he even in the Hall of Fame? He, no, he's not. And it's funny, though, because I'm pretty sure the writers somewhere had an awesome documentary come out about these two guys and about their home run, uh, about Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, about their race for 66. And, and you're going to make money off that, but you're not going to let these guys go into the Hall of Fame. Stop playing with these guys. Stop making money off them. Stop making money off their name. Get these guys in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And I, I also did hear, like, I don't know how true this is, but... They didn't really want to vote any of these guys in this year because Jeter and Larry Walker, their induction is technically this year. Oh. Because in twenty they got voted in twenty twenty, but they didn't have the ceremony due to COVID. Oh, okay. Okay. Which is still just just That doesn't yeah, that does that shouldn't matter. That no, shouldn't matter. Not at all. It's garbage, but Man, we need a, we need to get to another topic. Um <laughs> JT Real Muto signed or Back with the Phillies. Yep. Five years, fifteen or one hundred fifteen million dollars. The contract. best catcher in baseball. Mm-hmm. He's like thirty years old, so at the end he'll be thirty five ish. I think he's thirty. He's around that age. But yeah, he got a lot of money, the most ever for a catcher per year. I think it's worth it. Yeah. Definitely worth it. I'm surprised the Phillies actually got him back though, because uh, the Phillies were complaining about money this year, and as a team, they need pitching still. They, like, JT Real Muto, 
with that money, it could have been spent otherwise. I I don't know. It's it's a good deal for him and the Phillies. But at the same time, I feel like they could have went out and got someone else. They still need a lot of work. That NL East is very, very tough. It's stacked. That's a very tough division. That that literally is probably the next best div- division next to the AL East, I would say. The AL East is just as good with the Yankees. Boston, eh, not so much, but the Yankees and the Rays. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, I think it was worth the money, but if you don't address your pitching, mm-hmm. what good is, I mean, you, I'm, I think the NL East is actually the best division. Yeah. With the Braves. Cause you got the Braves, Miami, Mets, Nationals, Phillies, yeah. and then Miami is on the come Miami, up. Miami. Yeah. They started off hot last year. I remember during the, the whole COVID season, mm-hmm. they started off hot. So I can't really count them out. So yeah, I agree with you. And then in the AL East, you got the Yankees, Rays. Blue Jays are on the come the up, Jays, yeah. but then you still have the Red Sox who are okay, and yeah. then you have the Orioles who are just still god awful. So competitiveness, it's the NL East. Do you think all we day. can apply for their front office job? <laughs> <laughs> if you guys are listening, we're serious. Anyways, um, but yeah, yeah, and then obviously the NL West is pretty good too. Uh, obviously, Dodgers who just won the World Series. Uh, Padres are good, and then eh, Colorado can. It, it depends on the year, I guess, mm-hmm. with them. So um, Colorado and the Diamondbacks, D-backs, yeah, the D-backs, yeah. So yeah, and JT, then the Giants are awful too. Right now, they're they're one of those weird franchises where they end up being good randomly for a good stretch with not really many all stars on their team. But I don't think this it's going to happen anytime no. soon. What were you saying about JT? No, I was saying, like, I mean, it, 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 it's tough. It's it's one of those mm-hmm. things where it's like, wow, do, do you let a good catcher like that walk? I mean, yeah, he's 29, which to me in baseball is like your prime years. You're good. Uh, I can see the money, though, the money situation. They just paid all that money for Bryce Harper. They're paying all this money for Bryce Harper. They have other players on the team as well. How do they address, How do they get the pitching? I mean, do they, they still have Jake Arrieta, right, who... Is he no. gone? Is he gone? I, don't even I think know. he's gone, but at the same time, he wasn't good. He wasn't good. They have Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola at the moment. Yeah. That's that's it. And Aaron Nola, who's a good pitcher, like has some bad, bad And outings. their bullpen, garbage. Pitching and defense, generally in most sports, is a must. Is a must. Like, let's just keep it as simple as that. A good offense can beat a good defense. Yes, that is true. But I wouldn't say the Phillies' offense is where it it needs to be to where they don't need to worry about pitching. They're not there yet. They don't have an Atlanta offense or a Yankees offense or any of these other great offenses out there. So, yeah, we'll see what they do. Sticking in the East, uh, the Yankees, they did sign Corey Kluber to a mm-hmm. one-year deal. They also did trade for Jameson Tyone. Uh, there was another trade with... The Pirates. Who got their other pitcher? So Jamison Tyone, one of their big guys. Oh, man. It's blanking. But the Yankees, the rotation, looking pretty solid. Uh, They should have Severino back this year. Domingo Herman should be back a little bit. And then, like, hopefully they're healthy. They need Stanton, Judge, to be healthy. They re-signed DJ LeMahieu in six years. Mm Mm-hmm. But they're going out. They're making sure that they have a very competitive team this year. So we will see how they do. Uh, Tommy Listella signed with the Giants. 
uh, three-year deal. I was hoping the Cubs would kind of get him back. Bring him back, yeah. Marcus Semien went to the, the Blue, Blue Jays. Jays. yeah. $18 million, I believe. Mm-hmm. So he went to the Blue Jays. He's going to play second base, which means Kevin Biggio is probably going to move to third. Uh, they're also going to tr- uh, move Vlad probably to first and have him have him play DH a little bit. Same with Rowdy Tellez. Bo Bichette going to remain at shortstop. I was kind of thinking maybe they moved Bo Bichette, but they're going to they're going to let him ride. So. Should be solid for the Blue Jays. They just keep making great moves. I was going to say, imagine if they did sign Michael Brantley, but at the same time, I don't know if they would have got Semyon due to the money. Due issue. to the money situation, so, yeah, because he signed the what the one year deal for eighteen million. Yeah, I do think that. Um, I do think that Randall Grichik could be seen his way out. He is a little bit on the. He does have a lot of money. He'll probably be traded to maybe a a worse team that will just eat up his contract maybe, but mm-hmm. that would probably be good. Joe Musgrove went to the Padres. That was the trade. And the Mets got Joey Lucchese out of that deal, which was crazy to think about. Joey Lucchese, pretty solid player. I ended up interviewing him a couple years ago. He has uh, the Churve, which is like a change-up and a curve mixed together. Mm-hmm. He should fit in that rotation very, very well. So the the Mets, they're going to have DeGrom. Syndergaard should be coming back at some point. Stroman, Lucchese. They could get Bauer, maybe. Oh, man. <laughs> Bauer is a whole different different person right now, or a whole different uh, do- topic. So, Bauer, man. Hopefully he signs over the next couple of weeks. Uh, other moves, I think there's did, probably some others, but... Did you mention Steven Matz? Steven Matz went to the Blue Jays as well. Solid rotational pickup. Mm-hmm. The Blue Jays this past year did very well with mm-hmm. picking up these random guys. Yeah, They picked up Taiwan Walker. They picked up Robbie Ray. They also... Oh, there is one more starter they had. They 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 had Tanner Rourke, they had Hinjin Rio, but this past year they they kind of went with these one year deals with players. But Seaver Mats could be decent, so we'll have to see with that. Darren O'Day also went to the Yankees, so that's that's pretty much it for the baseball news and basketball news. There's there's a, a little controversy. The Rockets ended up playing the Wizards either yesterday or two nights ago. And there's a little scuffle between John Wall and Russell Westbrook. I don't know who started it, but I bet they were talking back and forth. They, They were the two guys traded for each other. And the Rockets were winning that game pretty easily. So I, I bet John Wall probably started it. He probably chirped at Westbrook and was like, look what I'm doing with your team, dude. Why? Why do you got to be like this? Have fun with them. Yeah, yeah. According to, to social media and what Russ Westbrook said, he made it seem as though he was antagonized. Here's the thing. You're a grown man. You're playing in a league where trash talk is happening. I've been to a game where I'm close enough to where I hear the trash talk and you got to deal with it. I mean, that is it at the end of the day. Russell Westbrook, who is claiming 
that John Wall was talking and he was defending himself and he claims that he always has to defend himself. But I feel like Russell Westbrook is always the loudest guy on the court every time I watch any game. I feel like it's always in like he ends up getting into it with a lot of different players or benches, whatever it may be. If I'm John Wall, who has been wanting out of Washington for a while, and Russ, who's been wanting out of Houston after his one-year stint, <laughs> um, if I'm John Wall, I'm probably going to tr- trash talk a little bit. I'm probably going to trash talk not just Russ. I'm going to trash talk in general to let them know, you guys made the right move for me. You guys got that, and they got this and I mean we saw some vintage John Wall moves in the paint. Demarcus Cousins is playing good basketball. Oh, you love seeing that. Oh man, and 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 it's 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 crazy because and we talked about it. I always, I've always felt that Houston got the better end of the trade because I just feel like John Wall is a is more of a pure point guard versus Russ. It uses his athleticism to to stuff the stat sheet. Any given night, he can get a triple-double. Was he incredible during that run, his MVP run? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't take that away from him. Is he one of the greatest we've ever seen? Uh, Sure, why not? Let's give him that. But he is not that good. To me, he is not that good. He is on a decline, and unfortunately, he is with Washington. And what made it worse was Bradley Beal, who was very um, animated on the bench uh, during the game and after the game, very disappointed. This is his one shot to, to show John Wall who truly is the leader on that Washington team. And they got, they got smacked around, for lack of a better term. They got smacked around. Uh, it was exciting, though. It was exciting. It's two, two point guards that we talked about it before the season started. I cannot wait for this matchup. And they both, sh- I mean, Russ didn't do too hot, but I mean, he's, he's been in a shooting, shooting slump. So I don't know. What were your thoughts on that? I mean, I personally, I'm, I'm, I'm sold on Houston right now. Yeah. It didn't help as well during that scuffle. Bradley Beal went to John Wall instead of like helping out and helping, uh, restraining his own teammate. Mm-hmm. He kind of went to John Wall and talked to him and said like, is the chemistry not good there? Is Russell Westbrook getting going to get traded again? Or are they going to get rid of Bradley Beal? I think Beal should be the one they focus on moving. Mm-hmm. Maybe they move both players. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be tough. That's that's a lot of money. I, I don't I don't think both get moved in one deal uh, unless it's like a three no. team or a four team trade like we Just saw separately. for Hardy. Yeah, um, and and also on top of that, you look at you look at. I mean, the, Houston just got Victor Oladipo as well who's been playing great basketball. If I'm Russ, that is, that's the breakup you hate to look at. you got to block that person on social media. You don't want to see that. You don't want to see that. And then on top of all the chirping, and it, it just it just all in all, like you kind of feel bad for that, anybody that goes to Washington, because that is a poorly managed team. I mean, considering they've had two of the greatest guards in the game at one time, right? Not like of all time, but in, in the game at one time, two all-stars, and they couldn't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. And now you bring in Russ, which, okay, whatever. You, John Wall had to go. Why not bring in Russ? Let's see what he's about. And he's not a bad player, but it's just, it's just not it. It's just yeah. not it. They are playing horrible defense. And also, fun stat, Russell Westbrook yesterday or like at the end of that game, on the season, he had 169 points on 169 field goal attempts. 
Not good. Yeah, if you ask if that's good, that's not good. Especially when there's free throws involved in how you get points. It's He's shooting terribly. Yeah. Yes. To put it in perspective, Kobe scored 81 points on like 37 shot attempts or something crazy. Not crazy, but like it is kind of crazy when you think about it because of free throws. Russ, who is a very explosive player, very athletic, you would think would be able to just get to the line at will. Maybe too many jumpers. I don't know what it is. But as I mentioned, shooting slump, and that's like an understatement right now. I hate to, to, to call him this, but that's Russell Westbrook. He gets the nickname on social media because of that. Um, and, and they got to figure out what they're going to do with him. I mean, he, he, he can still be the explosive player that doesn't shoot all the time, that doesn't go 9 for 24 from the field or whatever it may be. So Washington's just very tough to watch, and I thought that they would contend for the eighth seed in the East, but it's not looking likely right now. That East is getting stronger. I'm happy about it, obviously being from Chicago. We're all Bulls fans over here. Um, but, yeah, Washington is definitely, definitely slumping, and Bradley Beal is T-minus. I don't know how many more losses away from just snapping, and Russell Westbrook's already ready to snap as it is. So, Yeah, that team... 14th in the East. They only have three wins on the season. Another bad team this year, for whatever reason, the Miami Heat. Uh, they're still only one game out of the playoffs. They're 13th in the in the East, but they aren't doing so hot. The Pistons, will they get rid of Blake Griffin? Do they flip Grant? Grant could be the most improved player of the year. He's playing great. Out in the West... The Timberwolves are the worst team, and it's just terrible to see. I thought they were going to take a little more of a step up this year. They're looking like they could get the number one pick yet again. Yet again, yeah. I, I, It's going to be between them and uh, Detroit, uh, maybe Washington. I don't see Miami really slumping much longer. Jimmy Butler's been out the last few games. Uh, he's been hurt, and you got to think there's always like health, health protocols, so a lot of guys are sitting. Miami's going to be okay. Uh, Detroit, I feel like they get, now's the time. Blake Griffin isn't even producing. Keep, if I'm them, maybe you do flip Jeremy Grant. Maybe it's all the playing time that they're getting. Maybe you flip him in a bundle. I don't know. Detroit, they, they have to, uh, they're going to have to go through that rebuild, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Minnesota, New Orleans at 5 and 10 is kind of a shocker to me, uh, considering they've been, they were really good last year and, and they made a stretch of the playoffs. My favorite team that is in the hunt so far in the first quarter of NBA, Golden State. They started off horrible, and they are hooping. Steph Steph Curry, Curry, man. I love it, man. I'm glad I drafted him in my fantasy league. I wasn't sure how it was going to go. If they lost a lot of games, he would end up sitting. They're competing night in, night out. Kelly Oubre has these random games where he'll score a lot, or he's like, He'll have, end up with three or four steals. He'll get some blocks. He'll get some boards. He's doing his part. And Andrew Wiggins is coming around. Andrew Wiggins is playing good. Ubre started off terribly. Oh, he started off horrible. And he's starting, to, he's starting to fill in his role there. He's, he was never... I mean, at, when he first came to the league, when he was with Phoenix and, and whatever, he was, he was looked at as like, okay, this guy's going to be great. He's mm-hmm. coming into the league. He's got the size. Never really did much. Never blossomed. He's starting to work his magic. But then you add uh, uh, Andrew Wiggins. You have Steph Curry. You have uh, James Wiseman, who's had some pretty good games so far for being a rookie. Uh, By the way, he's super cheap on FanDuel, guys. If you ever need a cheap play, look at the matchups. James Wiseman might be worth a play 
every now and then at like 4,400 or whatever. He's super cheap. Um, but Golden State's been fun to watch so far. A little, a little off, off track. Did you hear about how Draymond Green got ejected the other day? Uh, no. I saw he got ejected. I did not watch the game, though. So, he got ejected. I, I think it was the second technical of the game, maybe. But he got ejected because he was yelling at James Wiseman, his own teammate, and the ref thought he was yelling at him. So the ref teed him up, and he was ejected. No way. The After the game, uh, the NBA the next day was like, yeah, that shouldn't have been a technical. We were rescinding it. But at the same time, it cost Draymond Green the second half of playing, and they ended up losing that game. It was to the Knicks. Yeah, all, all that matters. That Every single player in the NBA signs a contract, and they have incentives. When you eject a guy from a game and you apologize the next day, it's cool. But every all those numbers add up, and they get incentives for that, you know. And if they end up making the playoffs, or if they lost the game, did they end up losing the game too? Yeah, it was to the Knicks. So what if they miss the game by a playoffs, and all those incentives for the playoffs, you know, go out the drain? You never know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is that is kind of funny. That's something that should be reviewed. I mean, if Draymond Green is like, why did you know? I'm talking to my own player. They should have been able to like talk about it and say, all right, he was talking to James Wiseman, especially Draymond Green's. He's actually been a really good leader. He's been a really good leader so far. The way he, I mean, his play has never really been that great. Like defensively, he brings the intensity. But that's one thing I've noticed this year is he's been the right hand man for James Wiseman. He's trying to like toughen him up. He's trying to get him to make the right, uh, mm-hmm. you know, stick with the right habits of you know being a big man in the paint. And so like I, I kind of enjoy that. But yeah, that's kind of funny. I did not. Re- I saw that he got ejected. For the second tee, I didn't realize it was because he was yelling at James Wiseman. Yeah, and then probably the the final topic, not super serious, but there are like rumors going around. The Nets are a little involved; they're a little interested in picking up like Javale McGee. I saw that, or like Andre Drummond. I don't know how they would get Drummond. There, there would have to be some money involved in that or what. But picking up a big man from Cleveland, you traded away Jared Allen to Cleveland. <laughs> I know. But I think Cleveland would rather have Jared Allen for the next couple of years. McGee is on an expiring contract. I'm just waiting. We all know what happens. There's the trade deadline, and then after all these trades go through, these weak teams start releasing their veterans. And Always. then they just flock to the good teams. Yeah, they flock. That's the Lakers. That's the Clippers. That's going to be, be the Nets. The Nets. Boston doesn't usually do that. No. Boston usually, and I think maybe they should. I mean, Well, I think at this point now, these the younger guys like Tatum and, and Jalen Brown, they're kind of... They're, they've already grown into you know out of that shell, so I don't think they really need it. But but yeah, you notice that a lot with those teams. Every year, Golden State ends up grabbing somebody. I mean, they've had a Javale McGee. Javale McGee has been in the league a very long time. I don't know how old he is. He's got to be like thirty one, maybe thirty two at this point, maybe older. Uh, he was always on Shaqton a fool, but mm-hmm. he was somebody that ended up going to the Lakers, and yeah. he was with Golden State, and it's just those role players, you know, those older yeah. guys who. They just are the uh, like the glue piece. They do. Yeah. They just know how to be at the right place at the right time. Yeah, that, that the center position probably the last piece the Nets need before the playoffs happen. They did have good depth before, but after the James Harden trade, DeAndre Jordan just isn't really worthy as a starter yeah, anymore in the NBA. He's getting older. He's getting older, and he just can't produce like he used to. He uh, he relied a lot on his athleticism. And it's just not helping them out as much anymore. So 
Like we saw it with Golden State during their reign, Andrew Bogut, JaVale McGee. Yeah. You, you just need a guy there that could play defense and grab boards, and then you'll be fine. They just need that extra piece because DeAndre Jordan is not going to be efficient for 30 minutes. He might give him little bursts here and there. You got to get somebody else to come in a little bit younger, just a body, just a body at that mm-hmm. point, like a JaVale McGee or, I mean, obviously he's not younger, but he's a body, you know, somebody to kind of fill in that role. So. The next topic will be NFL, our last, our last section of, or we get, we'll end off with uh, the McGregor fight, the fights. We we could talk about that a little bit since we actually watched it, but yeah, NFL weekend we had the conference championships. We found out it's not going to be a State Farm Super Bowl. Unfortunate, close but unfortunate. Tom Brady and the Bucks advanced. Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs advanced. It didn't necessarily look good for the Chiefs starting out. They uh, went down like three zero, and then Hardman muffed a punt. And then they went down 10-0 or 9-0. 9-0, yep. And then after that, the Chiefs kind of took over again. After the last season and the postseason, uh, the playoff run they had where they went down constantly in the playoffs, mm-hmm. especially to the Texans last year, and they went down like 21, 20-plus. 20, 20 yeah, yeah. And then the Chiefs easily came back before the halftime. I was like... I'm not I'm not worried. Yeah, yeah, you can never be worried. Obviously Buffalo has a really good defense and it seemed as though they may be on board with the time management. As soon as the Chiefs were driving at the end of the first quarter and they were I think in the red zone to end the first quarter, I was like, "All right, this is it. It's Mahomes time." And a- after that it was it was all Chiefs. Mm-hmm. They were toying with like the Bills at at some points and it, it, they're just too overpowered. I mean, they're too overpowered. The Bills are a very good football team. You got to like, I mean, this is the Bills fans have been waiting for this moment for a while, but they have a lot to look forward to. They have a lot to look forward to. It's just who can really stop the Chiefs? I mean, unless they they have like guys like, you know, they end up losing Hardman, they end up losing like maybe Tyreek Hill goes somewhere and you know how it is. Like these guys, you can't pay everybody all mm-hmm. this money. The Chiefs apparently have a lot of money because they're paying a lot of guys on the defense too but i don't know any team and we talked about it our predictions were the chiefs and well chiefs and packers obviously and that didn't happen i picked the packers but realistically would i've bet against the chiefs and pat mahomes no not in any game and as you mentioned last year they were up or down 20 something points to deshaun watson and a very good houston team that team was good last year so I was hoping it was going to be a closer game. I was kind of hoping for a Josh Allen maybe to pull off some crazy, you know, give give the Bills Mafia something. Mm-hmm. But, you know, obviously Pat Mahomes and that offense, they are who we thought they were. Let's put it that way. They are ex- they excel on offense. Their defense steps up at the right moments. And and that was that. And that was that. Yeah, and Miko Hardman afterward, or like after that muff punt, he had two great plays. Yeah. He had a touchdown, and he also had like a 60-yard shovel pass or mm-hmm. whatever. He was behind the line of scrimmage when he got it, but he, he made up for it. And there was a cool video of Travis Kelsey and Pat Mahomes because he kind of like hid underneath a jacket, and he was all sad about it. And he's like, come on. Like, yeah. We got this. Like, just be you. You got it. Yeah. It happens. You got to still, like, forget about it and go. 
forget about it. You always have to to approach every single play with the same mindset. You want off for you have a, you have two hundred yards in the game. Don't forget you have another play to do. You know mm-hmm. it's like that mindset where no matter if it was good or bad, just brush it off. Then get and keep going. Ride the highs, forget the lows. Yeah. Uh, just as a disclaimer, we are going to go over our Super Bowl predictions next week. So if you guys are looking for that in this episode, we're going to be talking about it next week. Yes. Because then we'll be able to talk about the NFL next week yep. as as a whole. So be on the lookout for that. We'll we'll go more in depth in that side. But this week, all conference championship. NFC side of the ball. Packers, they they went down pretty big early, and it didn't help at the end of the first half. I don't know what happened, but the defensive coordinator ran a man coverage play, and Tom Brady, they went for the touchdown, and Tom Brady read it and just chucked it deep and threw a great ball. I'm surprised. Like, we've seen it with Manning, Rivers, Breeze. At the end of their careers, they don't have an arm. Tom Brady still has one of the best deep balls at like 40 plus years of age. Yeah. Yeah, he does. The second half did change a little bit, but that that pass to Scotty Miller was the play of the game. It proved to be the play of the game simply because they took a risk. They could have probably kicked the field goal. It would have been ended up being like 46, 47 yard or something like that. It was a 39 yard touchdown pass. Green Bay, what are you doing? What are you doing? Tom Brady's on the field. It's the end of the half. They're going for the touchdown. Keep your safeties over the top. If it was at the 39, it would have been like a 56-yard field goal. Yeah, because 17 yards. So it would have been a 50. Right. Okay, so maybe even then. So it's like you, you see Tom Brady go on the field. Whatever. It happens. It happens. So that, that touchdown did put them up. Mm-hmm. It was like a 13-point game. It was a two-score game at that point. Second half was a different ball game. Yeah. As a matter of fact, when you compare stat by stat and you said, hey, who are you going to bet on? I'm like, oh, shit. Green Bay won by 14 points. Green Bay won by 14 points. Yeah. Green Bay won by 14 points. And you t- you're telling me Tom Brady threw three interceptions on three straight drives. Two to Jair Alexander, best defender in the league right now, defensive back. Um, and then one was a bad pass. He did in the whole second half. First half, he was he was hitting Mike Evans, Godwin. Uh, I think Gronk even had like a little dump off pass that went for like mm. twenty yards. And then the second half, you're watching, you're like, wow, are these guys running bad routes, or is the defense that good right now? I mean, Jair is really good, but like the rest of the defense is not that great. Sullivan was getting torched all game. Adrian Amos ended up in the right place at the right time on an interception. So did Jair Alexander on a ball that was like overthrown. And so at one point, I'm like, we were texting about it, and and you're like, whoa, that was huge. And I was like, I'm on YouTube TV, dude. I'm 10 seconds delayed. I'm like, what? And then I see the play, and I'm like, oh, all right. I'm like, this is incredible. Green Bay gets the ball back, and two out of three drives, or out of those turnovers, they were like three and out. They couldn't move the ball. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, they got destroyed in the first matchup. Aaron Rodgers on his back the whole game. The first half, he wasn't really on his back too much. Second half, though, they got to him multiple times. So when Tom Brady was bad, the Bucks defense stepped up, and that's what makes them a complete team. Green Bay lost this game themselves, though. They lost this game, this game themselves. Why are we kicking a field goal on fourth and eight? Fourth and goal from the eight. 
Fourth and mm-hmm. goal from the eight. With like two minutes left. There's just over two minutes. You have three timeouts. You kick the field goal, and you still need a touchdown. You still need a touchdown. You're still going to have to drive the field. So Rodgers doesn't take off on third down. Third and goal from the eight. Was he going to score or was he not? It's a bang-bang play. We don't know. We De- don't know. Devontae, I was going to talk about this play. So on the TV view, it's like, wow, he's wide open. But on the all-22 view, the over, like overhead, yeah. Yeah. Adams was wide open. Yeah. And if you actually look at it, I don't know who it was, if it was White or Levante David, one of them broke. They broke from that middle of the field because they're like, oh, yeah, we've seen this before from Rodgers. And you can see them start to break that angle. They were going to try to catch him. And it, it could have ended up being a John Elway helicopter, right? And, 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 and I know it's a bang-bang play, and you can't really blame him for doing it, but he tried the tight window. He's throwing on the run. This is what he does. Unfortunately, it didn't work. And in my head as a fan, I'm like, okay, they're going to go for it. They kicked the field goal. And you give the ball to arguably, like ar- not even arguably. You've seen one first down. One first down. One first down. Technically with the timeout, and, or the two-minute warning in the timeout, it's technically yeah. two. They, technically. Got, they got lucky. I'm surprised the kick returner just didn't run around for a few more seconds. He slid with like two seconds still before the two-minute warning. He could have burned that yeah. two-minute warning right there. That's, yeah, and I was watching that. I was like, oh, great. There was a pass that was incomplete. It was like on third down. They ended up calling the, the, the pass interference, the hold. And I know a lot of Packer fans are like, well, they weren't calling it all game. Well, yeah, but is it still is it is it a pass interference? Is it holding? Whatever you want. It's it's a penalty. It wasn't pass interference. It was definitely a holding it was call. A holding call. Which would have been a first down regardless. Regardless. And it's like, sure, you can be mad at the refs because they didn't call it. And we did see Aaron Rodgers get very verbal with the refs because as he should, because there was a couple of times where they didn't get that hold that same hold holding call. Or pass interference, if you will. Especially there was one on, I, I think it was Lazard, who literally got up. And Lazard is he's practically new to the league. He's not mm-hmm. going to sit there and yell at the ref. But you could tell he's like upset, and then they showed the replay. And I, I think I'm pretty sure it was Lazard or St. Brown, one of the two. And it's like, wow, you know, okay, they're letting them play. They literally let them play. The Packers got away with penalties. At the end of the day, the play, it's going to come down to the play calling. I know we want to say Rodgers should have ran. He should have got closer, and then they went for it on fourth. Fourth and goal with eight yards, you're giving Devontae Adams enough space, eight yards for him to just break. Like, you're talking about one of the best route runners in the game. He is the best route runner. That's what makes him so great. That's why he's a top three receiver in the league. DeAndre Hopkins, sure, he has the best hands. I'm not going to argue that. But you're telling me with eight yards, why wouldn't you just try that? Yeah, and if you don't get it, they're on the eight-yard line. You and exactly they're on their heels and you still need to stop them anyways. You still need to stop them. So I know for a fact after and I feel bad because it's one of those. It's a bad coaching decision. They're not going to be able to sleep well for a while. Do I think Green Bay outplayed the Bucks in that game? Absolutely. Minus it minus the plays where Green Bay beat themselves. They gave up. The touchdown to end the first half. Aaron Jones got destroyed on a play and was out for the game. He fumbled and gave Twice. yeah and gave Tampa the ball. And then the the bad play calling at the end. Green Bay was in control that whole game. They lost that game themselves. Mm-hmm. So Packer fans, 
Yes, are we mad at the refs? Sure. In the moment, yes. They proved that they were not ready to take it to the next level. And that's me as a Packer fan admitting that. And so now we get to witness possibly greatness. If Tom Brady wins this game, I I can't argue. I argue stats all day. I argue stats all day. I'll always say Aaron Rodgers is as good as Tom Brady. Tom Brady's always had the better team. He's had the better system. Tom Brady's going up against arguably one of the best quarterbacks in in the game right now. I'm not going to say all time. Right now. With arguably the fastest team. A team that's complete. That just dominates night in, night out. 15-1, Kansas City Chiefs. If he beats them, I, 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 he's the greatest football player to ever play. I, I kind of wish the Chiefs did not lose that game to the Raiders early on. Yeah. So that Tom Brady could get his revenge on the, on the undefeated. On undefeated team. Yeah. Because Tom Brady, as we know, went undefeated one year, and he ended up losing to the Giants. Eli Manning. Eli Manning. And it's funny. Funny story about Eli Manning who said every time he's with Tom Brady, Tom Brady always brings it up, those two Super Bowl games. And Eli Manning is just like, I mean, he's clearly superior, but. (laughs) (laughs) I got him on those. I got him on those, I guess. (laughs) So we have the Super Bowl matchup. Oh, man. The first time ever a team is hosting, a team in the Super Bowl is home and is hosting the, the Super Bowl themselves. Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, nice weather. They practice there year round. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's going to be a, a crowd. It's Florida. There's going to be 22,000 people in the stands. That's I a, wish. I wish this was a full stadium. Oh man, man, it would be a great game. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because you have to think, man. There's people out there who are just fans of Pat Mahomes and this Chiefs team. I mean, how do you not like him? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, and no matter what the matchup was going to be, the legend, a goat up against the upcoming future mm-hmm. Hall of Famer. Either maybe yeah. Josh Allen or, you know, obviously Pat Mahomes. And we're, st- we're still going to have that matchup, so I'm still excited. As a Packer fan, I put it all behind me already. It happens. I've been disappointed in the NFC Championship round more times than anybody who has a power hour on, on swiping right on Tinder. Anyways, besides that, we're going to talk about our picks next week. We're going to yep. have a pullout. We will have a pullout as well next week. So stay tuned for that. I know that the spread's already out. I believe they have the Chiefs by three around there. So we'll see. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. But just know that I'm excited. I know Healy's excited, even though none of our teams are in it. This is going to be a good one. This is going to be a good one. Yeah, it's going to be a, a must-watch game. Absolutely. There's stuff I wanted to talk about while we were just talking about this now, but it'll be saved for next week. Okay. I'm, I'm excited to talk about that. We are going to end off talking about the UFC. We both watched it this past weekend, so might as well talk about it. Conor McGregor fight. But before that, Michael Chandler, yeah. UFC debut. He was, yeah. he was a part of the Bellator uh, he was a champion there, and he came out and he's, he wanted to fight people like the champions already. He thinks he should be at the top. He was short compared to the guy he went up against. Short and stocky. He's yeah. like, he was built. I mean, he was like a wrestler. He's like an all-American wrestler, and he proved it. But then he's throwing those hands, too. Yeah, he didn't have the reach at all. So nope. I'm like, oh, is he just going to take him down and like – get control the whole time and just hope this guy messes up. No, he 
He, was he knocked him out. He, he got a punch on him. Yeah, he attacked the body. He attacked the body. He he faked down low. He, he, he threw at the body but came over the top with, with a haymaker and, and ended up getting the knockout. And then that led into, obviously, the Conor McGregor fight, which, as everybody knows, he was KO'd in round two. Yeah. Round two. Uh, Dustin Poirier. Um is is a great fighter. And and it's funny because like Conor McGregor was he was banging with him. He was literally they were going back and forth. I thought McGregor was he was in control of that fight. Yeah. He was way more aggressive. He landed significant punches. I thought Dustin was going to get smacked at some point and just get knocked out in the first he, round. He was taking them. Yeah. Though. Yeah. And he lasted long enough. The good thing about the MMA, the best part about it, one punch all it takes and it it changes and that's what happened in that fight dustin got just the right punch to hit and mcgregor was stunned he was defenseless and he yeah it was you could tell he was on his way out and i thought maybe maybe his senses were gonna kick in to like maybe try to wrap him up Mm -hmm. but he still was trying to be and that's the thing though even when he got hit a few times he was still sitting there boxing and he it was still so like smooth the way he was just able to just dance around and and, and avoid some of the punches and obviously that one ended up landing and it was a wrap from there Mm -hmm. Herb Dean stopped the fight and there's gonna be a part three though there will be a part three hopefully we hope we hope there's a part three I feel like I'm not skeptical about fighting price fighting and UFC and boxing where sometimes things happen and just so happens it's it makes for a great trilogy but I honestly think that there will be a, a part three, mm-hmm. uh, and it's going to be worth the pay per view price. It's yeah. I mean, that was a good fight. I like UFC's tough because a lot of times this first round, you're like, uh, you're like, I'll go watch it somewhere. But obviously, with the whole pandemic and COVID, you can't go watch it anywhere. So it's like, hey, Healy, come over to the house. We're going to watch it. I'll pay the price. If if they end up going maybe another two or three rounds, and they're they're actually throwing the whole time, it's worth it. It's worth yeah. it to me. And then the fights, obviously, before on that card were pretty good too. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, maybe we'll talk more about UFC in the future if we if we watch it. We're both so pretty casuals of the game, but I'm learning more names Noobs. as as they as the events go on. But if if I end up watching an event, it's fun to talk about. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So at least we got a little bit of a show, two rounds, not a full two rounds, but hey, it was it was cool for how it went. But that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Standing Room Only Podcast. If you guys did enjoy it, make sure you click that download button. Best way to show support. Uh, follow us on social media at SROnlyPod. Uh, you can follow our personal pages. Mine is at the Healy 6 on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm iGoose with four O's. As always, don't ask why. Just hit that follow button and stay interactive. We like to chit-chat with everybody that, that listens in, that tunes in. We like to talk sports. We're, we're just like everyday guys. Yeah, football or Super Bowl predictions next week. We will see you there.